Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 PGA Championship viewer chat, final picks, DraftKings ownership, the weather, and I'm going to be here chained till this desk until all of the questions in the chat are answered. So if you're out there, please smash the like button to the video and apologies for the delay on the live start. Uh, I would get into the technical reason why we are we did not start. 18 minutes ago, but you know, I don't want to weigh you down with all of that nonsense. The fact is that we're live now. You can ask your questions, and I apologize about that once again. Please show your support for the show by subscribing to Mayo Media Network. If you have not subscribed to the newsletter as of yet, I've been sending those out every night with more research that I find throughout the course of the day, plus some cash giveaways. So you can find that in the description as well. Along with the Listener's League link, there are currently 761 spots remaining, $100,000 guaranteed of rake-free money, three max entry, $15 to play. And like I said, there is no rake. It is the best tournament on DraftKings both this week and every week, so you might as well get in. If we do not fill it, which I assume that we're going to do, it's well on pace to fill, so you probably want to get your spot now, but if we don't fill it, we're not just going to get $100,000 of rake-free money thrown at us again. So I suggest we try to fill that up as much as possible, and maybe, just maybe, they'll make it bigger next time around. If you haven't made your lineups yet or haven't done your research yet, I got a solution for you. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo gets you 20% off overall. So if you get it today, you get the PGA Championship through the U.S. Open. That's five tournaments. That's $4 a week after you use FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. Sounds like a pretty good deal because it is a good deal. If you've ever thought about jumping in on Fantasy National, now is the time to do that. I think that's everything I have to get through. All of the giveaways have been given away already. Uh, so I want to thank, once again, Landon Wiegland, who won the $50,000 two weeks ago. He donated $200 as a part of the giveaway. So I gave away through PayPal $800 worth of cash. Actually, minus $33. If at Lisa Marie Hyman is out there, um, I shot you a DM. Uh, that's going to be open until tonight. If not, I'll just give the 33 bucks away to someone else. So check your DMs. You're the last one who hasn't responded to that. Uh, if not, you know, everyone else uh, has been contacted about their winnings. In the Twitter giveaway, that's run through DraftKings. I don't pick the winners from that. That contest just closed. So I assume if you check your accounts in an hour and you see a ticket in there for 20 bucks, uh, that's because you won. If you see no ticket, it's because you lost. And a lot of people entered that, so you probably lost. Just like playing on DraftKings. Same as the giveaway on DraftKings. You're probably going to lose. But let's hopefully we can switch that around this week. The betting card for the PGA Championship, I really went back and forth all week on Dustin Johnson. That was realistically the one name that I really wanted to gravitate towards for the top. He very quickly slipped to 20 to 1. Uh, I went to go bet it and it instantly moved back to 18. And now I had FOMO and I wanted that 20. And now I can't get that 20 because he is at 18 to 1. And strangely, just the, the ownership, what we thought it was going to be a week ago, didn't turn out the same way. But there's a lot of people who bet on Dustin Johnson so far this week. So my idea that he would go down in terms of the betting odds happened very slightly. Then everyone pushed their chips into the middle. So that means I'm starting my betting card off with my guy, Cameron Smith. 45 to 1. I also added on as the week went along, got some reports from the course that he's about 95% healthy. 
My guy, Webb Simpson, I think this is going to play a bit more brutal than people are asking for. And listen, if a short hitter like Webb can compete at tournaments like the Masters, if we throw him into a situation at a long course where it plays really difficult and long irons and scrambling and putting mean the most in the world, along with hitting fairways, I definitely think that he is going to be live. And it's not like his recent form is bad by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, it's quite good. He's also 45 to 1. I'm in on that. Big Willie Zalatoris, 65 to 1. Paul Casey, Shane Lowry, both 90 to 1. Those numbers were too good to pass on. When I saw them, I'd play them both down to 70 if those are still out there. Now we get into interesting territory. The bombs. You don't really expect the bombs to come through. So I played these all with a top eight each way associated along with it. So I bet Bubba and Matt Kuchar at 101 and 140 to 1. Now I wasn't going to bet them outright. I was just going to bet their top tens. But when I looked into it, the Kuchar top 10 was paying 11 to 1. And I was like, okay, that's not great. Mm. I just kind of looked at it again. It's like, well, he's 140 to one to win. I give up two places if I play the top each way along with it. But the top eight, uh, in terms of the one-fifth odds of the outright, actually pays 28 to one. So it's worth my while to actually bet him 140 to one with the top eight because I get like 2.3, I think it is, times the odds on the top 10 despite giving up two places. Plus I get the giant outright number on top of it. The same logic applied with Bubba. If the top 10 numbers were better or if I didn't have the each way, maybe I would have just played the top 10. But where they do include the top eight each way at one fifth the payout. So I get Bubba's top eight at 20 to one where I went and looked at it and it was seven to one to bet the top 10. So I'll take, I'll lose the extra two placement points for the extra three points. We're actually now more than double uh, those points uh, in terms of the top 10 along with the top eight. So if that makes sense to you, if not, you can ask me at a later date, but that's why I went with the 140 on them. And then just the guys I've been talking about all week. I have Bobby Mack woo, and Matt Wallace. They're 110, 125, and 151. Top 20 plays, Herman 3 to 1, Kucher 4.5 to 1, Jason Duffner 14 to 1. Let's get dicey. I did not use Jason Duffner in any DraftKings lineups because I can't stomach that, but he's ball striking the shit out of the ball right now. Plays well at Pete Dye courses and is someone who is a former PGA champion in the past. So, I mean, it was like 10 years ago, but and he doesn't have a top 20 since the 2019 Memorial, so that's not enticing. But as long as he doesn't lose 20 strokes putting, maybe the ball striking can continue. Shout out Tim Frank for pointing that one out there. I wasn't even thinking about Jason Duffner, but in terms of top 20, I'll take that shot rather than sacrifice DraftKings lineups towards it. He also made the first round leader list at 200 to 1. First round leaders, I switched it up a little bit. If you read the newsletter last evening, I identified the first round leaders from the past few years and what their commonalities are, and they're kind of good players who end up first round leaders, not the absolute bombs. I'll take a few absolute bombs. You know, don't get me wrong, it's still me here. But I changed up my first round leader strategy a little bit this week, mainly because I've not been hitting first round leaders at all, so you might as well try something else. Uh, Cam Smith, 50 to 1. Will Z, 55 to 1. Bubba, 66. Matt Wallace, 80. HV3, 125 to 1. Jason Duffner, 200 to 1. Wallace, HV3, and Jason Duffner are all played with the top five each way. So if they come inside the top five, going to be still pretty good first round for your boy, Pat Mayo, out there. And in the one and done, I got Cam Smith. Jeff has Xander Shoffley. And Cust has taken Colin Moore Akawa. Those are the picks. I will include those in the newsletter and up on Facebook. I'll probably post them on Twitter as well later on in the evening after this show has concluded. And I get to all of your questions. What else do we got on the go here? Oh yeah, I should probably check in on the weather, right? Let's see how the weather is doing. I juxtaposed the two weathers uh, last night from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. to see what they looked like, and they weren't completely different, but they were a lot different. Now I'm looking at it again right now. It looks like we're going to be sustained into the 
double digits uh, with you know different. Actually, it looks like it's going to be a pretty good westerly wind all day on Thursday with the average speed around 10 to 13 miles per hour, pretty consistently gusts up to 20. Then on Friday, it's up and down. Wind is swirling. You get up to like 22 mile per hour gusts. Sometimes it's down to like 10 miles per hour. So Friday's looking like it's going to be a pretty tricky day as of right now. You check back in in 12 hours, it could say completely different. The biggest difference was when I did the 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. is it looked like there was no wind on Friday 12 hours later. Friday was the windiest day. Just remember that this is on the coast. The wind wind is always unpredictable. It's going to be more unpredictable this week than almost any other course you're going to see. So uh, the way that I've tried to frame it this week is I'm taking a lot of good long iron players, but both good scramblers and good putters. That's how someone like Brian Harmon ends up in my DraftKings lineup, or Emiliano Grillo, uh, although he's a better ball striker, but a very accurate player. Uh, someone like Harmon is a very good chipper. Someone like Siwoo, a very good around the green player. Both guys can get extremely hot with their putters. Matt Kuchar is another one that I went with because of that, and you'd think that because of the length that these guys are absolutely dead in the water. I don't necessarily believe that, because I think they can compete, albeit at a much more difficult level versus a lot of the bombers if there are benign conditions because we saw someone like Harmon do really well at somewhere like Aaron Hills when there was no wind to speak of but I want my guys to be able to compete if there are if there is no wind it's super easy out there but I do want them to be able to persevere at least the players in my mind that I'm taking that if the wind and the weather goes to absolute shit that these guys are going to be fine in those conditions I think that Cameron Smith is probably the best I mean Dustin Johnson is the best case of this because he's basically the same guy no matter what the conditions are but I think that someone like Cam Smith and Spieth are two guys that can both definitely compete in good conditions and they might even get a bump up in bad conditions at the same time. So it's not that I just went out of my way to target the types of players who only do well in terrible win situations and you have to be able to scramble and be able to putt and everything like that. I want guys that can still compete in good conditions as well. It's just having the best of both worlds is kind of what I went through this week when I was thinking about it. So I would highly recommend you go to, I'll throw this in the chat right now, if you do scroll to the bottom of said chat, I'll throw in the link to the wind tower that I'm using. If you go to windfinder.com and go to the surf song slash Kiowa Island wind tower, that is the one that I'm using. That's the one that I found is the closest in proximity to the course that is still on the coast. So you can judge those coastal winds that are coming in rather than something a bit more inland where the course is not uh, compared to this wind tower. Well, there goes my mic compared to this wind tower. DraftKings ownership for the week. I really thought that people would gravitate towards Rory. That was always my initial impression coming into the week, and it just frankly is not showing that's going to be the case. Both Rory and Justin Thomas, not super highly owned. In fact, it's Spieth above $10,000 that the masses are gravitating towards. Everyone else I have right now is essentially below 15%, with Rory being the lowest, which is absolutely blowing my mind. It's really tough, unless you have a good grasp of the $6,000 level, to jam Rory into your lineup. I think that's what it's really coming down to at $11,500, although he is the betting favorite, and in everyone's mind, probably the favorite of this tournament, even if you run simulations. It's just, it's so hard. Like, do you really, if you can play, let's see, it's, how big of a difference is it? It's a $1,400 difference between Rory and Jordan Spieth this week. So that means that if your last man into your lineup is Keegan Bradley, for example, with the Jordan Spieth lineup, uh, and he is $7,300. That same lineup with Rory McIlroy, if you were to put it together, uh, the best guy in your lineup, the back end of your lineup is going to be 
the real deal Sean McKeel, Adam Long, Jimmy Walker. Like, there's a, a substantial opportunity gap and cost gap and the upside gap between these guys in the low sevens and these guys in the low sixes. And I think, at least in my mind, that is what's pushing everyone away from Rory at the moment. There's still plenty of time for Rory's ownership to rebound because all it takes is one or two people to be like, you know what? No one's using Rory. He's a good play. That everyone's like, no one's using Rory. I'll use Rory. This is great. Uh, and then he turns out to be like 20% owned. That is always on the table. But Spieth is the one who is looking like he is the highest owned of the $10,000 range. In the nines, should be no surprise. Surprise. You have Hovland, you have Xander. It's going to be those two guys. After that, everyone's pretty flat. No one's using Brooks. No one's using Cantlay, as we expected. Everyone else is in the low teens. In the $8,000 area, Berger is the one. And this is something else I outlined uh, when I was just constructing dummy lineups and how a lot of people are going to start their lineups in the newsletter. I highly recommend the newsletter, by the way. There's actually good info in there that I scrape from other people across the internet. Of course, I give them credit and a link back and everything like that. But when I was just trying to look at the ownerships and like, hey, how is this going to play out? Spieth, Xander, Hovland, Berger, those four guys. You can even start lineups with Spieth, Xander and Hovland and not be dead at the back end. I still think you have $7,000 per player left. If you just get rid of Xander and turn Xander into Burger and save the $1,000, all of a sudden you have like $7,300 per player. So you can put Keegan in that lineup. You can put Grio in that lineup and, who are, and Charlie Hoffman. Those are three pretty chalk guys from the back end. Uh, so I just think you're going to see a lot of that type of build this week with those mix of three players at the top. So Spieth, Xander, Berger, and Hovland are probably going to be your primary starts. Two of those guys for sure. Three of those guys in a lot of cases as well uh, when it's going into it. And that's creating this gap above Spieth amongst all the elite players where everyone's just not really going there right now. When we drop down into the sevens, uh, stuff has backed off a little bit. You still have Casey and Answer. Uh, Connors has lost some steam as the week has gone along. Keegan has gone up. Then you have, let's see, Kokrak, pretty popular. Hoffman, moderately popular. He's like 11%. But there's not one... There's so much chalk that it's hard for one guy to really break 20% like we were seeing in the rest of the week. It has become spread out just a little bit. Then you have like Grio, Stuart Sink, Ryan Palmer, Charles Schwartzel. Those are the popular names that we're seeing in the like $7,000 range, like at $7,000 and the high sixes. But no one seems like they're going to be like 14% owned. It's all going to be like 8%, 9%. There will probably be one guy uh, in retrospect when we look back. It's like, oh, that guy ended up at 14%. Okay. And then we lost some of the ownership from the other guys. But by and large, there's not one guy that I can really pinpoint who is the one who's going to make the leap up that list. There's this sort of four or five guys that are hovering between like 7 and 10% right now. And maybe one of them jumps up after everyone ends up making their lineups. I don't know what you guys are going to do. Uh, probably fade me. Smart move by the way, uh, if that is something that you're pretty keen on. And from the bottom, you know, no one really. The highest owned guy I can find, like I said, is Thomas Peters at 7.1% uh, at $6,800. And that's from Fantasy National Ownership. I would actually guess that his ownership probably comes somewhere between like 5 and 8%. Uh, the stat heads, the people in the know, the people who have Fantasy National, the people watching this show, like you're far more in tune with who some of these European players are than, you know, my dad who might fill out a lineup this week who's never fucking heard of Thomas Peters in his life. So that's the way that I would kind of judge those guys that pop up in stat models but have no name recognition yes 
in most weeks, those guys can carry a ton of ownership and the projections will be accurate on them. But once you start getting into a very public contest, like the millionaire maker on DraftKings, that just lures in so many more casual players who don't know a ton of golf. They don't want to take a guy they've never heard of before. Uh, even if the only clip they've ever seen of Thomas Peters is just him breaking clubs over his knees. Uh, so... I like Thomas Peters this week. I am using him in the lineups. Him and Christian Bezadenhout, another very good scrambler. Pretty short off the tee, though. That one can get a bit dicey for me. Uh, two guys uh, at $6,800. That's the lowest I went in my lineups. I tried to keep it pretty tight in terms of my core and not necessarily balanced, but uh, I didn't go above Dustin Johnson, so I didn't use Justin Thomas or Rory McIlroy in any lineup. So the only two guys I played above $10,000 were Dustin and Spieth. I'm good at eating the Spieth, Chuck. Maybe it'll come back to bite me, but everything that I see from him right now is just pointing upwards. Gotta go with it. That's just the, I, used, I did it at the Masters. I didn't feel bad about it. So I'm going to do it again here. So I think this is one of his best shots to win a PGA championship. I believe I've yammered on enough. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo will get yourself 20% off. You want to do more research on your own or uh, just want to generate lineups, look at the simulator, look at those ownership projections. Like I said, the monthly plan with the discount, the slash mayo at the end of Fantasy National, five tournaments, $4 a tournament. You're looking pretty good on a monthly membership at fantasynational.com. Athletes everywhere are turning to one CBD brand for relief. That's Level Select CBD. Pros like golf legend Ricky Fowler and 15-year pro quarterback Carson Palmer use Level Select CBD sports creams and roll-ons to get the relief that they need. And now Level Select CBD is sponsoring a free-to-play daily fantasy golf contest. Head to DraftKings.com and make your picks in the Level Select Golf Classic for your shot at $5,000 in prizes. Level Select has three different levels of CBD, so you can find a product that's right for you. Visit LevelSelectCBD.com and use promo code DK30 for 30% off your entire order. That's DK30 for 30% off your order at LevelSelectCBD.com. Eligibility restrictions apply. Please see website for details. I gotta ask you, have you got Magic Spoon yet? If not, give your head a shake, pal. You need to get some Magic Spoon in your life, not only because it is delicious, but it has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories per serving. You need a snack midday, you need some breakfast, you need something to eat late at night, Magic Spoon is there for you, and it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And I've got exciting news for you, friends. Magic Spoon has released a super delicious new flavor, birthday cake birthday cake magic spoon will be available in a special five pack for a limited time only so get it while you can or just build your own box i think that you should always get the fruity one but there's a bunch of different ones i just whenever i get magic spoon now it's just always fruity because i love it so much but available flavors for you to build in your very own custom bundle are coca fruity the good one the best one i don't want to say the good one because that makes the other one sound bad no fruity is the best one at least according to pat mayo but you have frosted peanut butter and cinnamon as well and if you're listening in canada magic spoon now ships there as well so go to magicspoon.com slash mayo to grab the new limited edition birthday cake or custom bundle of cereal to try today and be sure to use our promo code mayo at checkout to save five dollars off your order 
This offer is good to anyone in the U.S. or Canada, but only when you use code MAYO at checkout. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash mayo and use the code mayo to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Let's get to your questions, because I know that's why you're all here. Remember, again, to subscribe to Mayo Media Network. Just hit that sub button. That, you have no idea how much that helps us out uh, in terms of being able to put on live content when we're able to start on time, which is every other time in history except for today, for whatever reason. If you really want to know the reason that we didn't go live, um, our software license expired four minutes before the show started. Had no idea the three-year renewal of it was coming up. When you buy things in three-year increments, it kind of gets pushed to the back of your mind. So we had to go like download the new version, update it, and then we only had the demo version, so it had a weird watermark on the screen. Then we realized that we had to go pay for the real version of it. It was just a fucking hassle. So we're good now. As you can see, you're watching the show live, so we're good. Smash the like button out there as well. And if you can, please rate, review, and subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience Adja podcast. That'd be very much appreciated. I got a football show, rookie rankings, and dynasty rankings with Jake Seeley coming out very early on Thursday morning. And then Friday, obviously, me, Cuss, Jeff, Cut Sweats Live. Let's fucking go! Okay? First question from Jeff. Love all the content during major week. I love you, Jeff, with all my heart. Thoughts on the most likely golfer to make the cut from the three... The $63 and $6,400 range. Where I haven't really dug down in that range a lot, I would say Duffner isn't a bad example if he can actually play. If he can putt or Ben Ann can putt, it's probably those two guys. Other than that, Hadwin kind of jumps off the page to me at $6,300, only because if it gets tough, he's still hitting a bunch of fairways. The irons are dog shit, but he historically has played well at Pete Dye courses. He's a pretty good putter. He's excellent around the greens that if this is a winning score of minus six, I'm not saying Hadwin's going to win, but that means the cut line's like plus four, plus five, plus six. I think his scrambling and short game is good enough that he can kind of grind out pars uh, a lot of the time, even if he's not doing a bit of scoring. It's funny because Hovland's sort of the opposite example. Regardless of the conditions that come down this week, Hovland's going to make birdies. Hell, he might even make eagles. But if it gets too tough, he's going to have a few, a lot of bogeys and a few doubles on the card at the same time if the short game doesn't come around but he can find his even water and still compete because the ball striking is so good the birdie making the scoring is so good with him where Hadwin's kind of the opposite type player you'd almost have to think of like a Jim Furyk type route for Adam Hadwin I'm not playing Hadwin mind you I'm just trying to make the case for someone down here he would be the guy for me more than likely maybe Warinsky Warinsky is just so live to be like plus 25 after two days but he might also be like minus three and in the mix he's just you never know which Richie Warinsky is going going to show up but he has played tough courses in the wind really well so far this year so that is of note to me if you're just trying to play off a narrative from down there michael higo has been playing phenomenal don't need to tell me looking at the stats and the eye test i think you are off of him but i think he's a legit top 10 if you think he's a legit top 10 bet him top 10 and play him on DraftKings because at 7400 no one is playing him the issue with him now He's just too expensive. Like, the guys around him are just better than Garrick Higo. Maybe not long-term. Maybe Higo is the truth when it comes down to it. The young South African lefty. He won me a bunch of money a few weeks back. Shout-out Sky. Shout-out Tom. If you haven't watched the International and European Tour Picks and Bet Show on Mayo Media Network, they break down a lot of these guys far more in-depth than I'm going to. They're far more familiar with them. So that's a highly recommended show. Love Tom. 
love Sky, and they've been hitting a lot of big bets over the past month, Higo included. So I checked that out. I'm off of him because I just think that he's overvalued. Maybe in the betting market now that he's dropped to 140, but he should be 200 to one here. Uh, he shouldn't be $7,400. He should be $6,500. And that's a big chasm. Like the way that I look at it is I don't love Brian Harmon just in general. I do like him this week, but Higo hits it a lot farther than Brian Harmon, but what you're really looking for is the same thing from Harmon and Higo. They're exactly the same price this week. I just have more confidence because I've seen it so many more times that Harmon is going to show up in a major championship and at least compete a little bit, uh, especially with his short game. This is the first ever major for Higo, so maybe the course is too long. Like, he just wanted the Canary Islands. It was like 6,700 yards, and it was against a field of absolute, <laughs> absolute jamokes. Like, it was not a strong field. The European Tour fields have not been super strong this year because most of the top-end talent has stayed stateside, uh, just with travel restrictions, just hard, how hard it is to travel right now. Might as well stay around, go for those big bucks. You know, you don't really see Rory going over and competing in the Canary Islands. Uh, he's just sticking around here. So it's tough to say with Higo. Maybe you're right. I would bet that you're not right. Uh, and that I just think that Higo price per dollar is not worth it in my mind. Now I'm wrong all the time. Maybe you're right. And if you're right, you go with your gut, you go with it. And there we are. Pat, thank you for all the free content. Thank you for tuning in, John. Last man in, Rose Hatton or Usti? It's a very balanced line if that's your last man in. I'd go with Hatton of those three. No one is using Rose this week, though. Hatton and Usti do have a bit of a bumped-up ownership as kind of the buzz is built around them throughout the course of the week. I actually, like, if you can get to Fleetwood, I'd go with Fleetwood instead, who I'm actually using. And I like Shane Lowry. Like, Lowry, Neiman, and Casey, I all kind of like better than those guys this week. Obviously, Neiman and Casey garnering more ownership, but Lowry's really not. Uh, and I bet him to win, so I hope he wins. Better GPP build, Rom Hovland Webb or JT Hovland answer? I'd say Rom Hovland Webb uh, in terms of ownership, and I just think that the upgrade from Web to Webb from answer mitigates the drop-off, if any, that there is from JT to Rom. I mean, those guys are really close. I think when, I mean, answer is playing really great right now. I, I don't want to say that he's not, but Webb versus answer, I'm going to pick Webb every single time. That's why they're separated by over $1,500 in the pricing. This is your reminder to play Lowry from the research show. I am playing Lowry, and I bet him to win. I can't wait for him to be a million over par by the time I first log in. Oh, remember to download the PGA Championship app this week, by the way. No, I can't confirm if it's good or not, because it was absolutely fucking terrible last year, but it was still far more real-time in terms of scoring than the PGA Tour app, which for majors does not get the live feed. It's about half an hour behind, so you don't want to be that guy who's like, oh my god, Shannon Lowry just made the birdie. It's like, yeah, it was 45 minutes ago. Uh, you might want to check out the other app that's actually up. Just like PGA.com, not PGATour.com, if you're using desktop, is going to be the real-time updated site this week. So a few tricks to figure all of that out. So thank you for reminding me to play Lowry, because I did it. Appreciate your content this week, Pat. Smash the like, everyone. Good luck. Thanks, Justin, for all your continued support. And for everyone who entered all the draws, retweeted all the stuff. I had some nice conversations with a lot of people who won the giveaways this week. And I really do appreciate all the support that you've given the show, all the support of the contributors who are on the show, like Rick, like Jeff, like Ben, uh, and even everyone else who hasn't been on the show this week. I mean, I mean, you can give support to Cust, but oh, that's another bet that I didn't say. I put that out there. The Ander Curse to miss the cut parlay. Bryson, Morikawa, Leishman to miss the cut. Those three guys, 47 to 1. I threw 15 bucks on it to win like 650. So let's go. Those guys to miss the cut. Any interest in Leishman? Nah. Tim picked him. I was immediately out. What do you believe will be the contrarian build strategy this week in large MMEs? Start with two 10K guys. Start with two 10K guys. Start with a 9K guy, etc. I think that 
two 10K guys who aren't Jordan Spieth is the absolute contrarian play this week. So if you want to go Rom Dustin, you want to go Bryson JT, Dustin Bryson, people aren't making those lineups. Maybe sharp people are making those lineups, but the majority of people, the non-sharp people, myself included, are not playing those sorts of lineups. And if you can figure out the rest of the Rubik's Cube, I think those could be looking pretty good, and you're not really beaten all that much easier. Pat, you said earlier in the week that it was absurd to check the wind. It was changing constantly, and you might have a wave preference as we get closer to Thursday. Any leans on the gut feeling? Uh, I think that's something you'll want to check it back in on. Like right now, we are recording this at... Well, it's 12.45 p.m. Eastern time. Check back in like just after midnight. You might get a better idea of what it's looking like. Just straight up, it does look like the p.m. a.m. wave at the moment might have just a modicum of an easier go because the guy's first on the course tomorrow, on Friday morning, sorry. Uh, let's see, local time, they get on at 7 a.m. The wind doesn't really start picking up to like 10. They might get two hours of like benign conditions before it picks up to like gusts of 22 to 25. But... Who knows if that's even going to happen? Uh, it seems to be pretty... Cons- the The wind is either kind of up or down consistently all day amongst the waves. So I have no real lean. If you had to ask me to pick one, PM, AM, but I am not personally playing any lineups that way. So um, I didn't really put too much thought into it after I looked at the wind and was like, eh, that's kind of the thing. So sorry, Blaine, I don't have a better answer for you, but that's the honest answer that I'm looking at. Tringali or North Bay-born Jason Snorton the Kokrak. Uh, I have to go with Le Canadien, Jason Kokrak, although he does not identify as Canadian. He identifies as American. Uh, but I would like him better here, although his short game is so bad. This is, this is actually, maybe it is Tringali. Tringali has two made cuts, two missed cuts, and two DQs in his history at the PGA Championship. But now let's go with Kokrak here. He's just a higher upside player. Hey, Pat, I want some six of six lineups this week. Yeah, no fucking shit. So does everyone else, pal. Should I look into a more balanced build or focus on getting the top end stars right? I think balance is probably the way to go, but... If I had the magic solution to six of six lineups, I would actually use it rather than what I normally do and not build six of six lineups. So it's just really hard to have a six of six lineup. Uh, just play the six guys that you really think are going to be good. Any love for Rose this week? Nah, I'm going to pass. Do you like Burns head-to-head versus Cantlay at plus 110? Both are in the afternoon wave tomorrow. I think if... Yes, I do. But for whatever reason, Cantley terrifies me this week. I'm not using him. I didn't, and that's why, because I'm not using him. I didn't have the guts to get there, and neither did anyone. His projected ownership's like 3%. That if all of a sudden he's okay, like he's going to win someone a million bucks. But yes, I do like the Burns versus Cantley head to head right now. Uh, Pat, first time DraftKings golf player. All right, Amanda. Thank you for the easy to understand videos. What ownership would you consider chalk? Does price affect that number? Yes, price would affect that number to me. I think you need to look at ranges of everyone. I think that any player that gets above like 20%, I would just call them chalk at any level. Uh, Depending on the size of the tournament, there's a full field tournament. That's what I'll consider chalk. But once we get down to like the low sevens and the sixes, I think the chalk means a bit of a different story. Very rarely, where someone like Spieth might be 28% owned at $10,000 or Hovland is 25, you're just not going to see a $6,700 golfer be 25% owned. I would consider chalk in that range, basically anything above 10%, 10 to 15%, because you're not rarely going to see anything above 15% of the very low-end golfers. So that's the way that I would judge chalk this week. And I'm not here to talk you out of the chalk. I'm just here to make you understand that 
Um, and that's why I kind of described in the newsletter uh, in terms of how these chalkier builds are going. Like you can play five of the highest owned guys as long as you find one that's like a Patrick Cantlay and throw them in there because then no one else is going to have that. And it's not about the duplicated lineups. It's about your path to actually winning the millionaire maker. In terms of single entry, in terms of three max, cash games, hell, uh, even smaller tournaments uh, that have like fewer than a thousand players. And I wouldn't give a shit about ownership. Just play whoever the fuck you want. But if you're talking about like game theory wise to win one of these giant tournaments against 200,000 people i just think that's a bit of a different story as it pertains to chalk you might have to take guys that you don't like to make your path easier if that actually does happen the first thing you need to identify is that you don't know shit i don't know shit you don't know shit so the possibility of like oh i can't play that guy he's no good i have to play this guy everyone else is playing well people are wrong all the time like the majority of time especially in golf that sometimes just building the uncomfortable lineup is the way to go because no one else has it Thoughts on Poulter or Kirk? A double pass for me. Any thoughts on Fratelli? $6,500, long ball hitter. I think that op, like, if he plays to his peak, Fratelli can be really good here because he's so good around the greens. Uh, really bad putter, but really good around the greens. And we've seen him play well at Pete Dye courses in the past. So I didn't get there, but I understand what you're seeing when it comes down to Dylon, best five golfers of all time. Dylon, 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 and Dylon, Fratelli. $6,500. I get it. Any thoughts on the wave strategy? Just kind of went through that. Went through that again. Smash the like button. Brady knows. So you do smash the like button out there. Okay? I'd appreciate it. Subscribe to Mayo Media Network as well. Do you think Hatton will make the cut? Yes. Is he okay around the Is he okay around the green in the long term? 8K for the number nine in the world seems like a bargain. I would agree with you. Is Finau's driver broken to the need that he needs to be faded? I don't think he needs to be faded. I think you have to make a hard decision on whether you like him or Zalatoris or Daniel Berger or Scotty Scheffler, who are all in that range. And I think that's Finau is finally settled in the range with those guys where he deserves to be, not $1,000 more expensive with like the Morikawas of the world or the Xanders of the world where he normally is at. I think it's a nice you know discount on him, but obviously he's either been boom or bust recently. don't think that his driver's broken, but I'm currently not on Finau this week. Hey, Pat, love the material you continuously put out. Thank you, Richard. Smash the like button. Do you have a general rule of thumb of how many players you want to play in your player pool? I do, but maybe I'm wrong about it. I remember I did a show with CJ Bedford when he went on his huge run like two years ago. Um, and I don't know if he's won anything since. So shout out CJ for coming on the show and discussing your strategy. Essentially what he would do, I think he was building like 20 lineups at the time. I think that's what it was. You'd have to go back and watch the show because everything just leaves my mind these days. Little kids, they just, just they make your brain turn into mush. But I think he was saying 20 lineups, like 13 or 14 in his player pool, that if he was going to win and his players played well that week, he would give himself every opportunity to get to the top of GPPs. And he did it. And he was smashing like week after week. Maybe the picks turned bad. I don't know. Because you have to be able to, that's the thing. Like you can do all the research you want, but you need luck. And everyone's going to get their luck. You're going to have weeks where you have good picks. But the problem is if you have a week with good picks, and let's say you play 20 lines, we have 30 players in your player pool. And the players that you really liked all did really well. Well, you have these other jabronis just lagging everything down. Like I played 20, I think I have to in total 24 lineups this week. I have 20 players in those 24 lineups. Maybe that's too many. And I kind of cascade it like Rick always says. Like, I'm more concentrated at the top with the top end players that I really like. And then at the bottom, whether we're talking about Cebes, Peters, Kucher, who are the other guys that I used? Bobby Mack and Grio, like those guys are in like three lineups each instead of being in seven lineups each. So that's the way that I constructed it. But, you know, take it from a career DraftKings loser, that, that maybe not the best way you want to do it. But I do think rule of thumb is 
fewer the players that you can put in, the better, uh, regardless of how many lineups that you're doing. Because if your guys hit, it gives you more outs and more combinations of almost the same lineup to really get to the top. That's why you see when people run these trains at the top of the Millionaire Maker, at the top of the $5 every week, it's like, oh, wow, this same guy both won, came in fourth, came in 17th, came in 25th. It's because they're using just different variations of the same lineup with one, like one different player or two different players, because if they're core hits, they want to make sure that they get to the top. Uh, and that's why you see that so often. Uh, does Paul, AKA the Keegan whisperer love him this week? Paul in our new setup, no longer has a microphone for the moment. We'll get that rectified at some point, but he said he played one lineup and it does have Keegan Bradley in it. So the Keegan whisperer on Keegan Bradley this week. The real question is, this going to be a wind heavy event and scramblers are going to win or calm and bombers paradise. Which are you leaning on? I'm preparing for the worst and saying if the wind picks up, I want to have my guys who are prepared to play in those conditions. So I'm going to say it gets bad. It's really hard to tell right now. It looks like two days could be bad. Two days could be easy. Uh, from what I'm seeing, like I said, 12 hours from now could be completely different. Solomon Grundy. Is Damon a play with his scrambling this week? Not sure what his actual stats are, but the aspect seems to thrive in these little chip and runs by the green. I think that's a really good observation about Damon because long-term you will see that his numbers are not great. But here's the interesting thing about Damon. A very accurate player, not a long player. And he just did win on past Palom Greens when he notched his first career victory at the Corrales. But just look at some of the other places where he's played well in the past. Quail Hollow is a place where he's come inside the top five. Riviera is a place where he's come inside the top five. Those are two exceptionally long courses for a guy not known for his bombing ability off the tee. So I don't hate Joel Damon. I'm not there, but I understand what you're saying about the eye test with him over the stats. I think actually he does make a lot of sense here. Better last two golfers to fill at the bottom of my lineup. Matt Wallace and Bobby Mack or Keegan and see, woo, Kim. I have, in all confidence, used all four of those golfers in my lineup. Uh, depending on how much of the salary savings you're going to get to, I like Wallace the best of that bunch, and I like see woo. So Siwoo and Wallace will be my one-two, Bobby Mack, then Keegan. It's only really a fate of Keegan uh, where I've just kind of matched the field with him at 15% of my lineup. So three of 20 lineups have Keegan Bradley in them where someone like Bobby Mack, I also have three, uh, three of 20 lineups. So I've played them equally. Bobby Mack is cheaper and he comes in at like a third of the ownership. So uh, Wallace, then Siwoo, Bobby Mack, and Keegan, you can figure it out from there. Best mid-seven chalk play, Wallace, Bradley, or Hoffman? Wallace is definitely not as chalky as those other two. I like Wallace the best. Is Streelman being overlooked as a value? Plays great at Pete Dye courses. Yeah, I think he's always kind of overlooked as a value. He just doesn't, he doesn't do what I love. Uh, not great around the greens, not a great putter. He's incredibly straight, good long iron player. I can see how he gets to the top of some of these places, but I'm not on Streelman. Had the lockdown helped with COVID-19 in Canada? Whoa, there's a touchy subject. Uh, I actually have no idea. But it does seem from the way that just being able to see the stats in America and see the stats in Canada is just that like per capita when we talked about cases. And obviously our vaccine rollout at the beginning wasn't the same as the United States. Although now I think we've actually passed per vaccinations per capita uh, because up here everyone's just like, you can't keep vaccines in like on the shelf. People are just demanding that they go get them. Then they run out and then we have to get more. Then they run out. Uh, whereas in the States, I think they've hit that threshold where everyone who really wanted to get their 
COVID vaccine has gone and got it. Now they need to like convince people to go get them. I don't want to weigh in on that stuff, but that's just like empirically what I'm seeing. But the threshold of what was determined like safe versus unsafe in the States versus Canada was just a completely different barrier. Like uh, Ontario, where I had just moved from, the cases were way up. I, uh, this is probably not something I should be talking about on a golf pick show, but someone asked, so I'll try to answer him. That the caseload and the percentage of cases per testing was, you know, incredibly high versus the rest of Canada. And we were seeing in a province of 15, 16 million people, you know, like a thousand cases a day. It's a little, it got up a little bit higher than that, then it dropped back down to that. Whereas, you know, directly below us, Michigan was right there, which has fewer people, but the caseloads were like quadruple. And Michigan's like, yeah, fuck it, we're open. Like, this is how we're doing it. And Canada, based on the hesitancy, was like, no, we need to go into lockdown. So it's hard to say what's a success, what's not a success when it comes down to it. I think they probably could have opened up a lot more, but uh, Canadians, by and large, especially the Canadian government, is just a lot more passive, uh, than a lot of things. They're a bit more cautious than everything. I think you just see that with a lot of uh, Canada and a lot of European countries versus the States. I think it's just a very cultural difference between the two places. So um, you know, a lot of people here would not deem it a success whatsoever that it hasn't worked, but we didn't have the alternative to figure out what would happen if it didn't. So it's really hard to wait both cases. So honestly, I don't know. This is not my area of expertise, just what I can see from uh, my outside observation on it. With the cut line being top 70 and ties and essentially 120 players, let's call it 130 players, in the field this week. Am I crazy for building a super balanced lineup? I just love a lot of values in the 8s and 9s. I did go out of my way to construct a few lineups that started with Webb Simpson and started with Hideki Matsuyama and started even with Cameron Smith. And not a high propensity of those lineups, but I tried to play three or four of like the ultra balance build, like low nine starting. So like low nine, low nine, high eight, high eight, low eight, low eight, like, or high seven, that kind of thing. Uh, just to see if that works. I, I'm kind of on the same page with you, but I do feel like I'm sacrificing a bit of win equity with those great players at the top that just are not featured in those lineups. Any live bets versus the Ander curse this week? I have that. I mean, if people are already betting the to make a hole in one prop uh, after Tim said it would be impossible for that to happen. And then he doubled back down on it. He just gave Paul three to one odds on there being no, that there being a hole in one this week because Wyndham Clark made one in a practice round. And by Tim's logic, that means it definitely won't happen now. They've already used up a hole in one that would have been in play. I don't buy that for a second. I think there'll be a hole in one. And I played the Bryson Morikawa Leishman to miss the cup parlay at 47 to one. Who feels like a safer pick, Scott, Usti, or Fleetwood? Strangely, Usti? Uh, but I used Fleetwood out of those three. So Fleetwood for me. Thoughts on Danny Willett, $6,700 as a part of a Yahoo lineup. Don't hate it. I didn't do it. Thanks for all the content this week. Thank you, Philippe. Your thoughts on starting with three guys in the 10-9 and scouring the sixes for a few euros? Don't hate it. I think that's actually a bit of a contrarian build this week. Uh, if you can find the right euros, maybe it's Smooja. Um, <laughs> I have no... Smooja, Willett, and... The Burmista Mista lady, uh, who Rick really liked. Maybe those guys. Uh, not the builds that I want to have, but I get it. Greetings, Patrick. Greetings, Oliver. How are you today? It seems strange. This course is going to be the longest ever for a major, and Bryson's ownership is around 10% on Fantasy National. Why do you think that is? I think it's just because of the balance type builds that people want to use this week. Uh, and there's, there's either an affinity for Bryson or a negative reaction towards Bryson. He's a bit polarizing like Patrick Reed in that way when it comes down to using him in lineups. I think that he'll be higher on than you think though. I should point out, I have some bet metrics here. I uh, hear the most bet on players at DraftKings Sportsbook 
right now entering the week. The number one bet on golfer with 9% of the handle, which means the overall money on that golf. Of, the, of all the money, bet on outright bets at DraftKings Sportsbook this week. 9% of all that money is on Jordan Spieth to win at 14 to 1. That's 7% of all bets. Dustin Johnson is second with 7% of the handle and 7% of the bets at 18 to 1. Rory, 7% of the handle at 11 to 1. Justin Thomas, 5% of the money. Victor Hovland at 18 to 1, 5% of the money. Will Zalatoris, that's he's got some of my money. Uh, at 50 to 1, thankfully I got a better number than that, has 4% of the money. Rom has 4% of the money. Brooks has 4% of the money. Bryson has 4% of the money. And we did it, folks. Cameron Smith is number 10 at 45 to 1 with 4% of the money overall. So if you just want to know, like sometimes the betting handle breakdown and number of bets correlates over into DraftKings lineups because you play some bets like, hey, I think those guys are going to win. I'll put them in my DraftKings lineup as well. So Bryson being on that list is more encouraging to me than him not being on it. Can I please get a... No, not on a C. Woo! Kim, and thoughts on the Pete Die Whisper. I'm playing Siwoo. Fuck yeah, let's go. Let's go, Siwoo. You get yourself a win, Okay. God, I would love that. I saw that a piece of his broken putter from the Masters went up for auction. He's played really well so far this year. Then this is just outside of like my normal see woo love, but um, you know he's probably just primed to disappoint at this point. But anyway, I like see woo. I bet him to win, and I'm playing him in my lineups. Reed Kokrak McIntyre, how's your burger? Big gulps, huh? Well, see you later. Leishman and Palmer. Ugh, I don't like either of those. Reed Kokrak McIntyre of those two options. Amateur hour. This is not amateur hour. I have not banned anyone for life, but I don't like that comment. You're fucking banned for life, pal. Remember, if you ask bad questions or say something that I don't like that I find personally insulting, you are banned for life. And also, you can go fuck yourself, pal. Okay. Pat, love the show. See, this guy's not getting banned for life. He's a great guy. Love Jeff as well. His smile is so cute. Big fat like for y'all. Thank you, Boxing Bets Germany. Smash the like if you haven't already, if you're watching this, and subscribe to Mayo Media Network. Pat, am I crazy for thinking JT Poston, the postman? $6,100 is a good low price option. Coming off a T26 at Wells Fargo, T18 at Farmers, T43 at Genesis, all long courses. That actually is something that I did not identify, but no, I would not play him. Any love for the play first player mentioned on yesterday's show, Aaron, are you Jimmy Rye? It'd be better if his name was Ray, that pun would work out better. I gotta workshop that one. I don't, because I, I really don't understand what his what he's good at and what he's not good at. He's really cheap, though. Ask Sky or Tom about Aaron Rye, the Brit. Any tips for showdown the first two days? Day... One, don't play it. Just bet on first-round leaders. Day two, uh, use FantasyNational.com. Use the live leaderboard. See what players are doing really well driving and hitting irons who just lost a whole bunch of strokes putting. Even if they didn't lose a whole bunch of strokes putting. Just sort by strokes game, ball striking, and use all those guys. And when you find, like, your $6,700 guys or 71 guys, and they've really peaked in ball striking, just use them again on Friday. Pay attention to the weather, too, to see if anything changes. I wonder if Cust had a healthy McDonald's breakfast this morning. I should call him and find out. The highest priced golfer to miss the cut? Well, I'm really hoping it's Bryson because he's a part of that parlay to miss the cut, to fade Cust. But just thinking about it, I mean, the one that pops out, like, honestly, is Brooks because if he's not healthy, he's probably going to miss the cut. That easy. He's probably not going to miss the cut. Like, him and Can't. Imagine building Brooks' Can'tley lineups. Just how unique that would be. You could play Answer, Connors. Casey, 
Burns, Keegan, anyone else you wanted with those two in your lineup. Thoughts on going full feet above the mid-nines and live in the low nines and eights this week? Hovland, Reed, Will Z, Berger sound like a healthy stack. I mean, it's going to be pretty chalky. Hovland and Berger are in a lineup. But you do get away from, like, the very high-priced options. I don't hate it. Pat, I truly enjoy your newsletter. Thank you, Brian. You can find the newsletter free subscription in the description of this video and podcast. Do you prefer Fleetwood as the top Brit on DK for six to one or Grace Top South African at seven and a half to one? Probably Grace Top South African. Just there are so many competitive Brits in this field. I guess Rory doesn't count as a Brit. So that helps. Because I guess they're doing British Isles. Because he's technically Northern UK, which would be UK, but he plays as as Irish, identifies as Irish for the for the Olympics. It's really confusing stuff uh, about who's actually in that market and who's not. I suppose I could go look it up, but you know I'm lazy from time to time. Uh, I don't like either of those bets. Tell you the God's honest truth. <laughs> Everyone loves Burger this week, isn't he? Typically better at shorter courses. He is. Um, he's but he's just a really good player, so I, I wouldn't put it out there as he's bad at this course he's bad at that course uh, we did see some correlation between guys that are historically very good at the honda classic and the leaderboard last time around at kiowa island i, I didn't end up using burger i know jeff bet him i know he's very popular uh, i think he ended up in one of those like play the good play lineups that i entered but nothing like when i made my real lineups that i went through it who is the best short game for this place in fleetwood or hatton of that actual answer it's fleetwood and it's not close for short game purposes only who is the feels like a long hitters will feels like the long hitters will fail this week. And someone like Webb Simpson will win thoughts. I certainly hope so. As I have bet on Webb Simpson at 45 to one, let's go Webb. I hope you're right. Andrew Solomon heard you and Rick's thoughts on Neiman. Now the chat just jumped on me. Got to scroll back. Here we are. There's a lot of questions in this chat. Spread the show around. I should probably retweet that out. Shouldn't I? Let's see. Tweet out that we're still alive. No, that is the wind. Oh, God, this is going to take me forever now, isn't it? I'll answer this question as we go along. Uh, your thoughts on Neiman? You're still gun-shy? I'm starting to feel that way about his around the green. I mean, that's still that's still the thing. But he's a good player in the wind in terms of his driving uh, and his irons. He can keep the ball really low, very woodland-esque. The distance is not going to be a problem for him. If he chips himself out of the tournament, wouldn't be the first time that I've used Neiman that he's chipped himself out of a tournament. Uh, I played him on DraftKings. I did not bet him as an outright. But at 7800 bucks. You know, I'm in on that. I can get behind that. I can dig it. Uh, so Joaquin Neiman. I like Lowry and Casey more um, right now, but uh, I still managed to shave off some ownership of those guys um, and go for it. So still live now. Get your cues in. And I'll save that so I can tweet it out again because there seems to be like 300 questions left. I got to start burning through these. I quit my job so I can be here. Now I must grind to join the Mayo Media Network. We don't pay well. Actually, we do pay well, but that's why we have so few employees, because we pay well. Uh, unlike most other uh, fantasy companies out there, just having grinded through all the free shit throughout the years and all the shitty pay at some places, I don't want to do that to people who work for me. I want to actually have them incentive to do good work for me. Uh, but yeah, maybe uh, I did talk about running a contest about potentially becoming a new host on the channel uh, for a new football show that's coming up. So if you do love football out there, especially betting and DraftKings wise, along with understanding how season long works in terms of injuries and waiver wires as well, there could be an opportunity out there, a paid opportunity and some exposure opportunity for someone brand new to the biz. Because I want to give some opportunities. That was one of the big things about starting this network was to give 
new people a voice out there who previously did not have one and wanted to break into the industry. So I will have more details on that in about three weeks' time, I think. Thoughts on Max Homa's outright number being 100 to 1? Seems off for a guy that's been playing decent, might play the each way. Sure, he was just so awful last time, and I think it scares everyone off. Do you believe the pass palum will help Will Z's putting enough to get him into the winner's circle? Will Z's putting is kind of tricky. It's either really good or really bad. Very Morikawa-esque that I don't really care what surfaces. I think that when the weeks that he putts well, he putts well for all four rounds, and that's all I'm looking for here because the ball striking, top-notch. Are you still banning people for life? Just asking that, Brady, might get you banned for life. But yes, I am. Uh, you will not be banned for life because you seem like a good guy. What do you think the winning score will be? I'll say minus eight will be the winning score. Does Patrick Reed's around the green make him intriguing for you? I think Patrick Reed's always intriguing at any course. Longer the course, the better for Patrick Reed. The harder the course, the better for Patrick Reed. I really should be on him, although I'm not. Hey, Pat, thanks for all what you do. What do you think about Alex Noren for a good value? I'm off of Noren. Just strangely enough, looking at his recent results, he's been playing a lot better at easy courses rather than hard courses, which is the inverse of where he was at about four years ago. So we have in our mind that Alex Noren is just this grinder, but like you get him to a birdie fest and all of a sudden he's at the top of the leaderboard. He didn't even finish at the top of the leaderboard last week, by the way. He had two good rounds at like the weakest tournament of the year at the easiest course. So let's pump it a little on Alex Noren. Rank Bradley, Kim, Wallace, Kirk based on their order of finish. Wallace, Kim, Bradley, Kirk. Do you tend to spread out your allocations in the 10 plus and play a tighter pool in the seven, six Ks and vice versa? No, I tend to be tight at the top from 8,000 up and then a bit more loose uh, at the bottom and spread it around a little bit more down there in my lineup. Hey, Pat, Connors or Burns? Give me some Corey Connors. How do you recommend handling placing for guys 50 to one and below? For example, if I am on burger, do I pair a top 10 and top five with him? I don't do that. I just want to make sure, like, I, if I'm betting guys from 50 to 1 and below, I have confidence that I'm betting them and that they actually have a chance to win. So I want to put all my money on those big odds. It's probably why I don't win. I and mean, that could be a perfectly good reason that I'm down money this year um, is because I don't do things like that. But uh, for me, I don't do it. Who are your best low ball path players? You spoke about Fitzpatrick. I think that Neiman and Woodland are both really good players like that. Dustin actually have that shot in his repertoire as well. I'd have to look more into the numbers. That's just observational, and those are the guys that stick out to me, and that doesn't mean that I'm considering everyone. And guys might change up their game plans here. Uh, if it, like Maybe Rom has just a really good low cut that we've never seen before, at least in my mind that we haven't seen, that the wind starts blasting, then all of a sudden you know he pulls that out. Fleetwood could be another one who does something like that. Rose has that shot. I don't know if he has it anymore, but he used to have that shot like 10 years ago. Um, that's just more shot level stuff, which I'm hoping that we can provide soon on fantasynational.com where we can show you, um, you know, measure dog legs by a certain degree and show shot shapes and things like that. We're working on getting all that information parsed now that we have access to it. Just shockingly enough, when you take every shot from every player over the course of the past 12 years, take some time to get it done. But that's going to be a cool feature, I hope, uh, is on Fantasy National by early next year. Uh, that's like a realistic timeline for it. I hope it comes out faster, but I wouldn't want to over-deliver on it. Is Brooks' price too good to ignore? I can not get a, I can get a top 11 at 45 to 1. You're not getting a top 11 at 45 to 1. You're getting the each way on the top 11 at 45 to 1. So you're getting a top 11 at 7 to 1? That's not bad. And it's Brooks at 45. Like, if he's good, he could most definitely win. Uh, I'm just not there for it after I lost all my money on him at the Masters. So we just, I, I feel I feel stupid about it. Now I'll feel even stupider when I didn't jump back on board at 45 to 1. Listen, it's a good gambling number. This is golf gambling. You want to gamble that he's okay? That's, that's a very good number. One of my wins this year was gambling on Brooks Kepka at 55 to 1 at Phoenix, being like, 
he's probably going to be fine. It's Brooks Koepke. He's 55 to 1. Guy wins way more than that. Bet on him. And he won. Sometimes just that sort of logic is all that it takes. And that's what it's pretty good. Say something positive about Peter Malnati at $6,200. I want to use him in a few lineups to get to $10,000, guys. What can I say about Peter Malnati? Well, at times he can be one of the best putters on the planet. That's always a good thing, right? What the fuck is Malnati? There we go. Let's just look into his numbers a little bit. Um, he made the cut at Wells Fargo after missing 10 consecutive cuts. So the cuts that he's made so far this year, Farmers and Wells Fargo, I mean, those are two really long courses. That helps. And he was missing them in all the short courses. Um, he gained off the tee for the first time in four starts at the Wells Fargo in his T43 gained. He's been gaining strokes around the green. That's good. Um, what else? I'd say the you know, I look at OHL and look at the past Palom Greens. He missed the cut at the OHL. Fantastic news. What's he done in his career at the other ones? Listen, he's a short hitter who's good around the greens. Maybe you get lucky with the putter and he makes the cut. I'd prefer someone like Duffner or Hadwin from down in that range if it was going to be me, but I'm not using anyone from down there, so it doesn't really matter what I think. That's a nice thing that I, Peter Malinati, good at chipping, can be good at putting. There we are. Those are the two nice things about Peter Malnati. I think he might wear a bucket hat too, but I can't remember. Pat, any thought on Matt Jones as a sleeper? I keep thinking about Matt Jones. Tough conditions, played really well at Honda. Ozzy can handle the wind. I just never got there, but I, I see what you see at the same time. I'm just gutless. Can you tickle my pickle with any good Ricky news? <laughs> um, well, I'm doing, if you're listening to the audio version of the show, there's an ad read for this new CBD cream. Uh, that is out there. Um, and in it, uh, they talk about athletes that use the CBD cream. And in the copy that they gave me to read, it refers to Ricky Fowler as golf legend Ricky Fowler. So maybe that's a sign that he's going to get his first major this time around. Uh, any interest in Higo for DFS? No, I've been over that. Too expensive. Best wind players? I mean, that's very subjective. You can go on to fantasynational.com to click by wind, windy AF, over 17 miles per hour to try to figure that out. Thoughts on playing the Belgian Bombers, Dietrich and Peters. I'm playing Peters. I'm not playing Dietrich. Favorite 6,600 and under play. I didn't play any from down in that range, but who would it be if I was to do that? It might be Dietrich, actually. Dietrich, the Gooch, Mav, Brendan, I wish Brendan Steele could chip. He's not awful at chipping. Maybe Fratelli. Fratelli at 6,500 would probably be my favorite of all of those guys. Uh, $6,600 and below. Do you use a smaller player pool in DFS for a major? No, I use the same thing every single week. Hey, Pat, trying to get ownership leverage, Decky or Reed? I think they're right around the same. I used Decky because earlier in the week it did look like that he was going to be the leverage play, but now it seems people have caught up a little bit. Now Decky's still the leverage play. Beyond Brooks and Cantlay, who's no one using, Hideki is the third lowest owned projected player in the $9,000 region right now. I did use Hideki. I started a few lineups with Hideki too. Starting my lineup with Webb and Reed suicide? Hope not, because I like that. Pat, great show as always. Thank you, Jack Baker. It's hard to see anyone other than one of the stars winning at a course the length and setup. I don't want to get, I don't want no scrubs. Is there a scrub? A scrub is a guy that can't get no love from me. Thoughts? I mean, that's one way to play it. And if you do go through that, it's just hard to jam in the stars and not use the scrubs because they're so expensive. So 
what you're saying. I mean, I guess it depends on who you consider to be a star. If you consider Victor Hovland to be a star and Daniel Berger to be a star, then you can do that no problem and not use any scrubs. But if you want to get up to Rory and JT and Rom and two of those guys, you're going to have to play for Telly. I hate to tell you. I'm taking a flyer on Thomas Peters to win. Should I throw a little first round leader action on him as well? Why not? Rick Run Good mentioned the Burmista Mistalator on his channel at $6,300. Thoughts? I actually talked with Rick on Pat's channel, pal. How dare you bring up someone else's channel on my channel when that same guy was on my channel talking about this exact thing? So you can tune into the show from yesterday. The player profiles and click on Dean Burmista Mistalator and see what I had to say. Thoughts on Webb, Morikawa, and Answer Core. I feel like they're similar players and would all correlate pretty well. I mean, Webb's short game and putting is substantially better than Answer's and Morikawa's. Uh, although their ball striking and off the tee is much better than Webb's. Yes, uh, good iron players. I don't think that Webb is in the same category as those guys with the skill set that you're looking for. I think Connors is in that territory. I think that Hovland is probably the upgraded version of those types of players that you're talking about because his accuracy is still quite good off the tee. I don't hate that start, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, of those three guys, Webb is the only one that I played. Love the newsletter. Sign up today. Agreed. In the comment section and description of the video in pod, as is the Listener's League link. We've got 200 people to join since the beginning of this, so there's only 500 spots left. It's going to be full very soon. So you want to get on some rake-free money, $100,000 of rake-free money, then that's for you. DJ or Xander for one and done? DJ. Hey, Pat, are you off Xander at his ownership? No, I use Xander. Got to use Xander. He's just, he always shows up. Except for when I played him at the players, and he did not show up. Other than that, usually shows up. You say you'll never play Sergio in a major, but you play Hatton every time, and they both stink in majors. What gives? I'm not playing Hatton either. And it's not that I don't play Sergio. I'm just not playing Sergio this week. I think you're saying something that Jeff said uh, and putting it into my mouth. Uh, I played Sergio at the fucking Masters, because I'm an idiot. Uh, I tend to play Sergio far more often than I don't. I am just not playing him this week, because I'm just done with him hurting me for so many times. So this is probably the week you do want to play him, but I, I just can't do it. Has anyone seen DJ? Is he on a timeout? It's very strange. Maybe he's still trying to deal through this knee injury. Um, I used him in five of 20 lineups. So even I, I went over the field, but I didn't go all in on DJ this week, just in case. And I didn't use him in my primary higher stakes lineup either. 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 John, the Catlin gun. Great accuracy. Solid butter. Any takes on him? I did this such a big upgrade for him in terms of field strength. I just, maybe he could be good. I mean, he just did win on the Euro Tour against a bunch of jabronis. Um, but yes, the accuracy is really good, and he is a pretty good player. I'm just not digging it because I didn't want to go that low. How do you balance your safety versus upside for a $100 or $200 single entry? I used to try to get really safe with it, and it really blew up in my face. I just try to pick my favorite six guys regardless of ownership and just play them. That's the strategy that I am now taking, although I stopped playing the $200. Or am I in it this week? Now I can't even remember because I'm just losing so much money doing it. <laughs> Playing my first $200 single entry this week, do you need to pay as much attention to ownerships and single entry? I don't think so, no. Do we have Shot Tracker for the PGA app? I really do miss the Masters app. It'll be on the PGA Championship app, and there will be Shot Tracker available. Whether or not it works, completely different story. Just like PGA.com this week, not PGATour.com uh, this week. Thoughts on Wyndham Clark? Eh, pass. What is the download on Damon's chances to surprise here? I'll give him a 4% chance of surprising. Pat, what do you think about Harris English? Top 10 finish? Not for me. Pat, what wind conditions are considered windy AF on Fantasy National? 17 miles per hour and up. Harmon and Waller, Wallace, similar ownership? Let's find out. 
Doot, 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 doot. Yes, very similar ownership, actually. Wallace and Harmon both projected around 11% right now in terms of how the Sharps are going to be on it and in terms of people who are using Fantasy National to generate their lineups. That's what we're seeing. I don't know if the overall public is going to be on those guys, however. Sunday comes down to Rory versus Spieth. Who would you be rooting for? Probably Spieth. I can see Spieth get the Grand Slam. That'd be cool. I like them both. What are your thoughts on Fitzpatrick? Has he shown the ability to play hard course as well? He's got a good short game if the weather gets bad. I'm just very neutral on Fitzpatrick this week. I could make a huge case for him. He'd make a huge case against him. For all the pros, I saw a lot of cons that came along with him as well. So if you want to play him, there's a lot of pros. If you don't want to play him, I can tell you some cons that would get you off of him. Uh, so I just liked other guys at lower ownerships in his price range anyway that I thought were very similar like Fleetwood. So I just used Fleetwood instead. Thoughts on John Catlin? Just went through this. Favorite sub-7K for a single entry? Probably Peters. Much love for Ireland for your Lowry pick. Shout out, Ian Burke. I think that I'm pronouncing that correctly. In Gaelic, E-O-I-N, I think spells Ian. I could be wrong on that. You can feel free to correct me on that. E-O-I-N? I mean, if I was just to pronounce it straight up, I mean, spelled like coin, but with an E. E-O-I-N? E-O-I-N Burke. I'm going to say Ian, because that would just be logical. Uh, Andrew Kirst aside, the top six of the top six, who do you feel is the most likely to miss the cut? Probably Bryson, because he's the most volatile. Justin Thomas rarely misses a cut. DJ could be hurt, so maybe he could miss the cut. But yeah, um, just Bryson has the most up and down type of game, but the ups are really up, the downs are really down. So it could be Bryson. Bryson makes some really big numbers too. Any love for Kokrak? Seems like a good fit. He has no short game is the issue. If it's just pure ball striking, yes, Kokrak is a really good fit. He starts missing some greens of regulation. Uh-oh time for old Jason Kokrak. Charles Schwartz will top 10. Pass. Cantley still broken. 5% ownership as well. It could be like 2% ownership. 2-3%. I have no idea. I'm not playing him. Plenty of room and can forward any golfer for my last spot. Who is the best play of the week? Rory. Big Rory. He's the betting favorite. He's the highest priced player. No one using him. Go for it. Thoughts on Hoon Lee, top Asian. K.H. Lee or just let down after the first win? I got no real take on that. I would pick C. Woo! as the top Asian player, because that's me. Trailer Palmer for the final DK spot? Probably Palmer. Hey, Pat, you're awesome. Thank you, Melissa. Any changes to the play the best plays team you and Raza put together? Oh, a ton. Like, that's... I only play bad plays, so of course I changed it up. I did a play the good plays lineup with Rick at the end of yesterday's show that was a little bit different, but we're kind of on the same page of, like, Spieth, Hovland, Berger as the one, two, three to start. I think we did that in both of the lineups. And then like filled it in with like Bradley and Grio and Hoffman and those guys at the bottom. Like that's going to be a super, that could be a duplicated lineup if you're looking for one. Uh, but like cash game wise, three max entry wise, that's going to be a very popular build. But if it works and people think that it's going to work because those are very popular plays, um, those would be the play the best plays lineup that I would be going for. Hi, Pat. Is Corey Connors top Canadian in auto bet? I don't think so, because I think it's, like, heavily juiced right now. I have no idea what that is. I, I just don't look into those exotic plays. I just kind of scan them. If nothing jumps out to me right away, I just never look at them again. Let's see. Nationality of winner. Where am I trying to find this? The Pure Silk Championship. What the fuck is that? Is that... Oh, it's the women's. The LPGA. Okay. Handicap heading, straight forward, top first round player, top finishes, top matchup. I don't even see it here. Group betting? Top golfer by category. Here we are. Top Canadian. Connors minus 163 
Adam Hadwin plus 275. The bet there is probably Mac Hughes. <laughs> Plus 350 top Canadian. Because if it turns into a scrambling and putting fest, I'm going to give the check next to Mac Hughes versus Corey Connors. Uh, that would just be a no bet for me overall, though. Uh, I don't think it's an auto bet by any means. Starting with Spieth, Hovland, and Smith be too chalky? Uh, nothing is too chalky if you just leave 100 bucks on the table, then you're fine. Or just use some contrarian play somewhere down. Paul Casey struggled in 2012, shooting plus 20 in two days. Is the course going to play more his style now, or is his game developed to better suit what he once was? I think he's a better player. Not necessarily like now, but 2020 was a bit of a... You forget, like, Paul Casey went away for a while, um, especially after the Open Championship when he lost to Louis in 2010. Uh, that that's a really struggle part of his game. And then he kind of came back in like 2015, 2016 and started being good again. This is some of the best I've ever seen Casey play. So I like him here. Xander answer, Spieth Gokrak, Xander answer. Anyone popping in Paul's models this week? Paul! Anyone? We're not in the same room anymore. So he's going to come into the room, I think, and tell me. Yes? I didn't make a model. You didn't make a model? No. There you go. Is it is it Hovland, Spieth, Berger, Chalky? Okay, so and Keegan. So I have four of your players. I'm just guessing off the top of my head. I'll I'll leave the other two to mystery for you. It's probably Corey Connors and Grio though. No, it's not. Okay, different. it's different. All right. Love the show, Pat. Did you catch the caddy the tour junkies had on their show and his thoughts? I think that I'm watching someone else's show during major championship week. I put out 12 hours of content. I listen, I, when I need to talk to, I'll just text with DB and I'll text with, with Pat and I'll, I'll figure out the inside stuff. That's how we all share information with this stuff. Like I, I got to focus on my own content. I can't be listening to everyone else's content. Fantasy golf enthusiasts don't play golf. From your perspective, does grounding clubs and bunkers this week, close the gap between good and bad sand players, increase the gap or no real difference. I have no idea tell you the truth you'd have to ask someone who just is more proficient and actually good at golf i play a ton of golf well not recently about to play a whole bunch more golf now that i've moved and am out of quarantine uh but I, I don't know matt jones too short for this course he has been playing great i don't think he's too short for the course worded it wrong is course going to still be a struggle or did his game develop to suit the to suit the course more i don't know what we're talking about now oh paul casey i, I kind of went over it you tell that to Jeff too rich, Pat. I don't know what you're talking about. You have to remember that I don't see these comments in real time. I mean, start from the top and go down. So that's probably pertaining to someone, something I said 25 minutes ago. Smash the like if you're still sticking around. I'm going to tweet this out again to see if we can pile up some more questions. Oh, I've already tweeted that, apparently. I'll just take out one of the L's. Then it won't register as the same tweet, and I'll be able to put it back out. Hoffman, any good at Pete Dye courses? Yes, he is. What are your predictions for the final score? I think I said, what, plus, minus nine, minus seven, something like that. Thoughts on Takumi Kenyaya? I don't really have any. Got studs left in my one in them, which leaves me with a tough toy. choice. DJ, Xander, Reed, or Berger? Xander? I think a lot of people have already used Xander. He's Jeff's one and done this week. That seems like a good spot to deploy him. Pat, when was the last time this century you actually won money in PGA DFS? I won. I won a lot at the PGA Championship last year when I had Morikawa and Dustin as my two core plays. That worked out really well. Before that, like a lot of money? It would be then. I've had some good weeks this year, mostly losing weeks. But like I said, I don't play a ton every single week. I play like 
between, well, actually, I was playing the 200 for a while, but generally I'd play between like 200 and 300 bucks every single week. And once you score 20K in a lineup one time, you know, you're up for a really long time. So I didn't go back and bleed all that money away. But honestly, like most weeks, you know, you're going to be up. If you put in, let's say, 300 bucks, I got a lot of weeks where, you know, I get like 147 back. I have a lot of weeks where I get like 412 back. Like, there's just a lot of treading water. You just have to grind it, grind it, grind it. Hope not to get wiped out. Hope to lose a little. Hope to win a little. And when those big weeks come along, you hope to be able to capitalize on that. Is Charles Schwartzel showing up as chalk? Yes. How close are you boys to Amherst? Amherst is like on the New Brunswick border. It's like, I don't know, an hour and 20, an hour and 15 minutes away. I think I've been there once in my life, and I lived around here for 23 years before I just moved back. Kirk or English, can we use Fowler here? How about a big no for all three of those guys? Why do you believe that DraftKings Sportsbook have such short odds across the board? Has golf betting grown so much where the where books know the bets are coming? Um, yes, I do think that. And I don't think that they're that short across the board. I think that's just what you see during major week as opposed across all sites uh, versus almost everything else that they know that people will bet on Jordan Spieth at 14 to one. Why make him 25? If the bets are rolling in and they're getting the required action that they want, then they're going to put guys at worse prices because people are still going to bet those numbers. And when you have a public tournament like the PGA Championship or any of the majors, it acts a lot like football. They can set lines and people who bet four times a year are still going to come in and bet those numbers. Because especially if you're like, let's say a football better, where you're like, oh man, I, you know, I usually bet like the Cowboys minus three and a half at minus one Oh five big. I can bet anyone in golf and they're 14 to one. Oh my God. Those are great odds. That's how someone who comes from a different sport approaches it rather than the people that are betting the Byron Nelson and the heritage where you tend to see a bit better odds at the top and amongst the big guys. Keegan Bradley or Matt Wallace, Matt Wallace. If you can pick one guy and only one guy to win, who would it be? It would be Cameron Smith. Let's go. Low Frenchman, Victor Perez, or Antoine Rosny. Perez. Thoughts on Phil? Pass. Hudson Swafford has played well at coastal courses. Scrub tournaments, for the most part. But he has played well. Good last man in. It really seems like you want to, Solomon, you want to play someone who sucks from, like, the low $6,000. Don't let me talk you out of these guys, but I'm just not playing any of these guys. It seems like you're doing your own research. You don't need to run it by me. I, you're probably just as good at researching the stuff as I am, especially if you're using FantasyNational.com. And if you want 20% off FantasyNational.com, go to FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. Get the 20% off, get the monthly membership, get PGA through US Open, five tournaments, $4 a tournament after that discount. Pretty good. Do your own research for it. Love the show, Pat. Take some DeChambeau deep breaths and smash the like button. If you're giving out more money this, you're giving out more money this week than Floyd Mayweather at a strip club. Thank you, Dominic. I don't give out that much money though. I think we only gave out a thousand bucks. I think Money Mayweather is doing more than that. Hey, Pat, what are your thoughts on Justin Rose for the week as well? Pete Dye, Coastal Courses, granted it was five years ago, but did really well at uh, Whistling Straits. And although it was a Gil Hance course, these the green types that we're looking for in like bigger competitions, he won the Olympics in Brazil uh, as well. He was top 10 at this tournament in 2012 too. I like Justin Rose a lot. I just couldn't get there with him. I don't know why. Maybe I'll turn my Fleetwood shares into Justin Rose shares, but for whatever reason, I just kind of am digging Fleetwood. Maybe because I'm a sucker. I don't know. But I see what you're saying about Justin Rose, and I do not disagree. 
Did you use the Windy AF stat for your model at all? I did not. Uh, what's the lowest aggregate ownership you feel comfortable with? I don't. I, I don't ever really think about it in terms of aggregate ownership. It just, I just try to leave the guys in or guys out uh, of lineups. If I have three super chalky guys, then I'll just know in that lineup, maybe I need to go in a different direction with my other three guys. That's the way I think about it. How do you feel about Siwoo? How do I always feel about Siwoo? Probably going to win would be my take. What do you think of Matt Jones? Went over that. He's fine. I'm not playing him, but I get it. Thoughts on LDV, Victor Perez. Uh, Jeff kept talking about him. I'm not in. Any value in Stricker in a top player heavy lineup? I'm out on Steve Stricker. I'm just out on all these cheap guys. Why are you so off Reed? What are the reasons? Can't play everyone. I like Reed. Reed's fine. Reed can win. Most definitely. Can't play everyone. That's the reason. I went with Webb instead. It came down to Webb versus Reed. Webb had better odds than me, and I like his his consistency and Pete Dye play better than I like Reed's. Hey, Pat, love the show. How much weight do you put in the Yeho players for this course? And this will be similar conditions they faced. Does a 3 Euro, 3 USA lineup seem like a good concept? I think if you're comfortable with the Euros and you think that they're good, I say go for it. Clark, Jones, or Grace? I would go with Matt Jones. Hey, Pat, head-to-head, Smith versus Cantley. Who you got? Well, one guy I'm picking to win, and the other guy I am not playing, so I will say Cameron Smith. Maybe it's me, but is Reed being forgotten? I see Reed coming in at 15% ownership, so I don't think so. Parlay Connors, top Canadian with Big Dick Vic Perez, top Frenchman, plus 160. Who fucks it up? Probably Corey Connors. Who are your top three chalk players for the week? Like, who do I think are going to be the three highest owned players this week? The three highest owned players in my mind will be Spieth and Victor for sure. Keegan, maybe? Maybe Xander, maybe Berger. Yeah, those are the guys. Should I be paying uh, any owner any attention to ownership when it comes to the $200 single entry? Nah, you don't really need to. Hey, Pat, big fan. Always smashing the like button. Thank you, Steve. And if you haven't smashed the like button, give your fucking head a shake, pals. Then smash the like button. Thank you. DJ, Xander, Burger, or Reed for one and done. Let's go with Xander. Well, thoughts on Matt? Everyone's loving Matt Jones. Maybe people, far more people are using Matt Jones than I thought. We on Euros? Yes. How's the weather looking? Went over that at the beginning. Will Cust, Matt Jones? I've already went over Matt Jones like four times. Will Cust finally win a no hole in one bet? It's unlikely since he wins no bets, so bet there will be a hole-in-one. Will Tony Finau show up this week or tank your lineup? I'm very neutral on him, which means he didn't make my lineup, just I couldn't really figure out what to do with him. Last seven majors have been won by big guys in the top 20 of the world. Do you factor that in? No, not really. I think every major is different, to tell you the truth. But I bet, is Smith inside the top? I don't know if he gets credit for the Zurich I don't know if he's inside. So who do I who did I bet that's inside? <clears throat> I think I only have Webb Simpson of my bets inside the top 20 in the world. Answers inside the top 20 in the world? Oh, I bet Casey's 20th in the world. Smith is 25th. I think that's just a random number, to tell you the truth. Um, I, I mean, the good players tend to win big tournaments. Like, that should go without saying. Uh, but sometimes you can factor that in. I think it means more at Augusta. I mean... That's actually not true because Hideki just won the Masters and he wasn't inside the top 20 in the world. So that doesn't even make sense. He was 25th going into the week. So yeah, if you're looking at after the week, yeah, the week after people win majors, they tend to skyrocket up the world rankings. If that's what you're looking at. Now I'm trying to think back. Dustin, yes. Dustin, yes. Bryson, yes. Morikawa, yes. From last year. Who was it before that? 
Who's the reigning PGA champion? Champion Brooks? This is not the time for this. We're doing a show. No, no, Morikawa was. I mean, like, before that. Was it Brooks and Brooks back-to-back years? So. so Brooks and Brooks. Like I said, I don't want to... Was Molinari? No, no. I don't like those sorts of questions. You ask a question like again like that to confuse me, and you might not be right, man for life. Connors or Burns as the last guy in the Million Maker? Uh, Burns. Hey, Pat, great show. I was watching live from the PGA yesterday, and the wind was whipping pretty good. Like Devo. Do you think a Euro- play- European players have an edge? I mean, not all European players are good in the wind. Not all American players are bad in the wind. I just think that they're more accustomed to these circumstances. So the lean might be overwhelmingly European, but that doesn't mean the Americans can't win. And Australian players aren't European, but they tend to be very good in the win. We've seen South Africans play really good in the win. Are we just including all internationals? Like, how, how are we trying to break this down? You did see Wu. Please do Kurt Kitayama. Asian-American sensation, Kurt Kitayama? Is he in the field? No, there's no way Big Kurt's in the field. I would have saw that by now. No, he is in the field. He's $6,600. How about that? Good for you, Kurt. Have a showing. Uh, any guys at the top of the board that you like, but the number is not right pre-turning, but could be later or after one goes low? Yeah, I'd be looking at all of them just to see what their numbers look like. Uh, I mean, if Dustin drops off, but like if he has a really bad putting day, and the ball striking's there, or even Brooks, if the ball striking's there and the putting is just god-awful after round one, I'll probably jump in live. Thoughts on Siwoo? I've been over that literally 100 times in this show. There is not shot link this week, question mark. No, there is. Connors or Casey? Casey. Rank these guys. Hoffman, Herman, Wallace. Wallace, Herman, Hoffman. E-O-I-N is pronounced like own. So sort of like Owen, but with no hard like O-N on the end. So Owen Burke, shout out. Is Webb a good pivot play? I hope so. Can't win 2%? He is. Connors or Kim? Kim, come on now, give your head a shake. What show do you think you're watching? My man, Pat, love the show. Pat, always tuning in. Your opinion, the most important key stats this week to run a model. I went over that on the model breakdown show on Sunday. Uh, I think around the green, long irons and strokes gained off the tee are going to be your three biggest ones. Does anyone know if what? I just answered that. Fucking moron. Ask it again. You're getting banned for life. Werner, a good win player. He's okay. Any interest in Reed? Okay. Now we're just getting into duplicate questions again. You can rewind for all of this stuff. Any interest in my local SoCal golfer, Aaron Wise, to make the top 10? Good on coastal courses. That's not bad. What was Rory's strokes game putting in his win? I assume you're referencing last week's win at the Wells Fargo because there was no strokes gain data from the PGA Championship in 2012. I assume it was pretty good, especially after watching that final round uh, where it seemed like he made every nine-footer. Last week, he gained seven strokes on the green. Actually, sorry, 6.9 strokes on the greens. That was third best of any player in the field at Wells Fargo. Rory interview yesterday said that the wind was blowing different than 2012. He said the last three holes, the wind is blowing right in your face and they will be the hardest holes on the course. I mean, was he talking about overall? Cause we actually haven't played the tournament yet. The wind can change directions at this course, by the way, but that is interesting to note. And those holes are super long to begin with. So not great. Cam Smith and Berger or Spieth and Casey, Cam Smith and Burger. DK odds boost, Cam Smith, top Australian plus 290. Sounds tempting. Yeah. On the odds boost, go for it. Most odds boost plays are good plays. They're like giving you free money to bet. Victor Perez likes Pete Dye courses and plays the old course for fun. Thoughts? I think that's great for Victor Perez. Congratulations, pal. 
Why do you, do you think Scheffler is getting no love? Is he getting no love? You saying no love? Most popular place. Where is he? Oh, yeah, he is getting no love. I don't know. I think it's just that's a bit of a dead range. Uh, the, those mid-eights, like it's burger or bust, really, for a lot of people. In there, I think people are scared off by the putting, that that can be really bad, but the rest of his game really checks out. The irons can be really inconsistent with Sheffield. The driving's always good. The chipping is always good. The irons and putting kind of go like this. You get them all going in the same week, super live, 100%. I'm in a, oh, Jesus, the chat skipped on me again. I'm in a draft, and my last pick will be 120th. Any thoughts on three to five people that could be around there to make the cut? I don't know who what people know in your draft. Duffner, Hadwin, because you're just rolling the dice at this point for Telly. Who else? Warinsky. Nah, there's four for you that maybe could make the cut. Who knows? Charles or Palmer as last man in? Charles. What's the highest percentage of player... What's the highest percentage of a player you go on your 20 millionaire maker lineups? Do you ever go above 60%? I do go above 60% from time to time. Depends on the tournament, depends on how many players that I use, and depends on what the lineup generator spits me out, to tell you the God's honest truth. <laughs> Sometimes I'm just too lazy to go mess around. I think I have like 65% Cam Smith this week, though, um, if you want to know. DJ or Xander for one and done if a leader? Probably Xander, because then you're not dealing with any injury problems whatsoever. I have a bet. Thomas Berger, Casey. I have bet Thomas Berger in Casey. He was going to sprinkle in one more long shot. I'd assume you lean Wallace or Lowry or Casey. Wallace or Siwoo. Wallace probably has longer odds. Webb or Berger? Webb. Lowry, Fleetwood, Casey. That's just saying three names. You mean between all those guys? Casey's the safest. I used all three of them in my lineup. So Casey, probably the, fa the probably the safest, but the chalkiest. I think that Lowry is the play. Is Homa a good long shot at 100 to 1? Meh. Papa Pack, can we get the wind finder link? It's higher up in the chat. Homa looked like he went completely off the rails last time out. That he did. That's why no one's using him, and he's 100 to 1 now. Xander or Spieth in the major season one and done? Xander. Can HV3 put it all together and crack a top 10 or better? I mean, he can get there for three rounds, but every time we see him in the top 10 in big tournaments after three rounds, all of a sudden, eject mode. That's why I bet him his first-round leader. Uh, maybe he can get it together. Hopefully. I, I mean, I'd love to see HV3 having a great finish. Just, it, it never has. It. Pat, trying hard is costing me money, so I'm making an all-villains lineup. Reed, Kucher, Bryson, anyone else the public dislikes. Poulter would most definitely be on that lineup. Who else am I missing here? Who do people not like? Paul, can you think of anyone? Which golfers do people hate? Bryson. Yeah, they, they named four. Bryson was one of them. Sergio is definitely on that list. So there's five. I think that's kind of it. Golfers just don't have enough personality, or at least they're not out there enough. If this was um, this was Jeff, he would tell you Justin Rose, but I don't believe that. I think Justin Rose is a pretty nice guy. Trying a new strategy and taking a lot of cuss picks. Good luck. Munoz, first round later. Whatever you want to do, pal. Hey, Pat, hope everyone is settling in well to the new dig. So far, so good. Cheers for all the content this week. Any love for the big, bad, Bobby, daddy, Bobby Mack. Yeah, I bet Bobby Mack, and I'm playing him. I like him. How many strokes does Charles win by? Negative 500. Zalatoris or Berger? Will Z. What's Willie Z's ownership looking like? I think he's like 13%. Let's scroll up. Find me some Will Z. 
Will Z, 13%. Pat, you got the stuff memorized. You're good to go. Pick a foursome to finish the highest using only one top five player. Now, see, I don't want to get into this. Just you pick your own guys, okay? I've been over who I think the best picks are. First time here. Love the show. That is all. Thank you, PGA Snipes. Smash the like on the way out. Maybe subscribe to Mayo Media Network because that helps us out tremendously. Who has the higher owner percent owned? Wyndham Clark or Fratelli? Probably Fratelli. Actually, probably Wyndham Clark because there was a Twitter post about him getting a hole-in-one. No one's using either guy, so I wouldn't worry about it. Just pick whatever one that you like. Thoughts on Spieth top 10? Sure. <clears throat> People hate Billy Horschel. Yeah, that's a good one, actually. MAGA, Scott Piercy. I don't know if Scott Piercy is MAGA. He's just QAnon. Or at least he was once, and now that just sticks with me for life. It's the only thing that I think about with Scott Piercy. That and, shockingly enough, good win player, good around the greens, and good at longer courses. Is Scott Piercy sneaky? Is he even playing? Didn't even think about him right now. Scott Piercy. No, he is not in the field, so we don't need to worry about him. So you can't even use him into it, uh, into your lineup. But uh, I don't even think he's a particularly unlikable guy. I just find it fun to joke about that, that he was probably posting this thing he didn't know what it was, and now it sticks with him for so long, <laughs> at least in my mind. Favorite below $6,600 for Telly. Best pivots, high 7K, 6K range. You don't really need to pivot to anyone in the 6K range. But favorite pivots in the 7s, Lowry, Bubba. I haven't talked about Bubba once, and I bet Bubba to win. Uh, Bubba, Lowry are probably the two, I think, pivot-wise. Kucher as well, but I don't know if he's getting up there or not. We know the three Anderkers, Bryson, Colin, and Leishman, but is anyone reverse curse? Yes, he picked two guys that he said have no chance of winning, Xander Shoffley and Will Zalatoris. There's a reason those guys are my lineups this week. Is Brooks a villain? I don't think so. What's with the pink? I'm wearing a pink hoodie. I wear a lot of pink and purple type clothing. Does that bother you? Because if it bothers you, I think you need to check yourself in for a consultation with a mental health professional, if that's a bother for you. Does Spieth do well in windy conditions? Yeah, Spieth does well in all conditions. Kind of. It's kind of weird. Fade two, Xander, Vic, Burger, answer. Answer and burger for me. Uh, that's it. Them's all the questions. I'll leave one more minute. If you have any more questions, I will get to them right now. I apologize again for the delay in the start of the show. Smash the like button, play in the listeners league link. You can find that in the description. I'll put out a newsletter later on tonight with some final thoughts about the tournament. That's free to join. Uh, so please go do that as well. Also in the description, subscribe to Mayo Media Network. If you're listening to the audio version, rate, review, and subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Be a big help to get us boosted up there in the numbers. That's just it. Oh, this guy just says he just entered the Listener's League link. Um, you can enter it three times. It's all rake-free money, so it's, you know, that. it has flat payouts, too, which is really the big thing about this tournament. So, like, first prize isn't a million dollars. It's 5K. But I think this week, like, second prize is, maybe first prize is 7,500. I got to go look at these payouts now because I didn't even look at them before I put in my lineups. I just automatically play in that tournament every single week. Where are we at here? We're not even at 6,000 yet. We're at 59.50. Come on, people. Get in the listeners league. Okay. What are the payouts this week? 7,500 for first, 4,000 for second, 3,000, 2,500, 2,000, 1,500, 1,250, 500, 300. That's not in order. Those are like the ranges of payouts. And like I said, it's pretty flat. Uh, it's unlike most tournaments on DraftKings, by the way. Any love for Brendan Steele? Nah, not really. Uh, hey, I like the sweatshirt. I like it too. That's why I'm wearing it. Just wanted to say you're the goat. Go to content, not of the picks, but I appreciate that, Riley. Uh, thank you. Why is burn so cheap? 
probably because it came out, the pricing came out before last week's tournament. And then he didn't play in the tournament before, then he had won the week before that, so he was out of sight, out of mind. What's your bet with Jeff Feinberg this week? Do I have a bet with Jeff Feinberg this week? I feel like we made one. Now I don't remember what it is. Beefy Bryson, break the Ander curse? Well, there is a theory going around. That's the only reason that Tim picked Bryson, as revealed on Monday's pick show, is because it came to him in a dream that Bryson would win this tournament. So maybe Tim's dreams aren't Ander-cursed, and maybe that will propel Bryson to victory. So this is just a working theory a few people have, so we'll see if that comes to fruition. Or maybe it's like triple-cursed if you're in Tim's dreams. I don't know. Normally he just dreams about McDonald's and cigs and Diet Coke. Now Bryson, apparently. Wet dreams at that, too. Norna Rose Rose. Burger or Fitzpatrick? Burger. Uh, the hoodie looks comfortable. The brand's an H&M hoodie. I needed a bigger hoodie, like a, a lounge. And I, uh, that's the one thing. I got to up my wardrobe game because I'm filming at home now for the time being until our new studio is constructed. Uh, and I'm just wearing stuff that I wear at home all the time. It's like my lounging sweater. Uh, I wear it with like basketball shorts all day. Thoughts on Cooch? Love Cooch. Playing him. Pick two of Neiman, Answer, and Casey. Neiman and Answer. Do I need to worry about playing chalk players in the Millie Maker if I'm leaving 200 on the table? Nope. I don't think you, that you do. Do you think that wave stacking is even worth considering at this course, or is changing wins too much to figure out? I'm just not bothering myself with it. Hoffman, a good play? He's a fine play. He's a chalky play, and there's a reason for that, because I think he sets up well. Thanks, Pat. More important this week, scrambling from the rough or sand saves? You can read my column this week on DraftKings Sportsbook, or DraftKings Playbook, sorry, that is up right now, uh, and I break down the scrambling stat, and I actually go in-depth on it for far more, and far more in-depth than I have time to talk about right now. I would just use around the green, or the Fantasy National stat, strokes game, short game, I think is very, very good. Pat, I noticed you have a Euro golf show under the Mayo Media Network. Is this something new that you're promoting? Uh, it's not new. It's been four months now. Sky and Tom digging uh, the European tour show. Uh, it's been really good. It's been very profitable. Far more profitable than this show. Trust me. Uh, and Sky and Tom are both great. Uh, I think that everyone should go do it. It comes out Monday evenings. The one for the PGA Championship is right now. If you want to know more about some of these 6K Euro guys, that's what they talk about on this show. So... I uh, highly recommend you go check it out. You can also subscribe to Daily Fantasy Sports, Picks and Bets, The Mix, uh, if you're just an audio listener, uh, and that show is up there right now. I know you spoke about Matt Jones a few times. Can you sum up why he's priced so low? I already did that. That's why I spoke about him a few times. Most underpriced DK player, Cam Smith, 8900 bucks. That's all the questions. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in been a fun week of content the only content i have left coming out is the newsletter on wednesday evening i appreciate all the support this week really do appreciate it congratulations to all the winners out there and once again i got to or maybe she she did get to me so the last uh the last winner of the 33 dollar all the money is accounted for so Listen, if I can't win, I hope someone out there watching the show wins. I was able to give you a free entry into one of these contests and you win big money off of it. That would be fucking awesome. So your support turns into bucks for you. Then you turn into even more bucks. Better than Bitcoin, they say. The entries on the Pat Mayo experience. So smash the like, rate and review, join the listeners league. And I'm out of here. I'm beat from all the content this week. Uh, so it's time to sit back. Enjoy some PGA Championship content. I got a football show coming out tomorrow and Cut Sweats live on Friday evening. So tune into that live on Mayo Media Network as well. Good luck this week. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo Experience! Experience!